now I kind of do because now I do I'm trying to do more um, bits where it's like even if I know it's not really true like I'm trying to believe what I'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah and that like helps you because then it's like you're coming through in the in the writing and then so they like you and then when they like you you yes yeah, that's a better risk resp- exactly you're like oh. oh they don't just like my shit they like me welcome to the underground comedy podcast with sean joyce for more information about our live shows check out undergroundcomedydc.com hey what's up thanks for checking us out we got a lot of changes happening here early in 2020 Last week, we started a new Thursday night showcase at Big Hunt and pushed our free show back to 9.45. The showcase sold out, and the free show afterwards even packed out, too. So if you made it out to those shows, thanks very much for supporting them. This week, we're rolling out a brand new website. So you can feel free to check that out, and you can use it to get info and tickets about our DC's Best Showcase this Thursday or No Garden Swords Friday and Saturday. All those shows are at Big Hunt. Our guest today is Denise Taylor. Denise is a very funny DC comic. She's a contributor to The Onion and a regular on underground comedy shows. In this episode, we talk about her progression from her first open mic to getting a manager, to writing a pilot, to committing herself to pursuing a career in comedy. I like kind of knew I wanted to do some sort pursue some type of like comedy or comedy writing. Really already? Yeah, yeah, in high school I knew. What were you like watching that like made you like that? Um initially like the first thing that I re- so like um d- do you remember like Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So Jack On, Handy also Saturday had like Night a bunch Live. of right right and that's old that's like before my time mm-hmm. SNL. But like I discovered those later and then like from those there were a bunch of like New Yorker articles that he wrote and like yeah. normally like those all, you know, they're not, they're kind of just meh, mm-hmm. but his are like amazing. Yeah. They're like laugh out loud funny every time. And I just remember reading them and be like, oh, this guy's like a genius. Like he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that like kind of got me into like, who else is this way? Like I want to like, I and want content were, like this. And, and you were in high school when you, when you found that? In like late middle school. Wow. Because the only other person that I've heard say that Jack Handy was an influence of, do you know who it is? Who? Jesselnick. Jesselnick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's. A, I've never heard anyone else say that. People are like, you know, what what comics inspired you? And everyone says, yeah. you know, like this, the same 10 to 20 comics. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty cool that you and Jesselnick both have <laughs> a non-stand-up <laughs> influence. Yeah. So you knew that you wanted to do comedy and then, were when was the first time you like did something that was like performance based or or even comedy um, writing? I think before like that, I I think it might have been like the. I don't know. I was always sort of like pushed into not the arts really, but like I, I was like too encouraged as a child. So like I played piano for a while. I was mm-hmm. like a musician. I thought I wanted to like be a musician, and then okay, you know, and then like you know how like people like surpass your ability level. It's like oh, I don't want to apply that much effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what it takes, and Mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, it's you know, it's okay because like even okay, say you're like the best pianist, you're still playing another person's piece unless you're like composing. And it's like yeah, you can compose. Like I could compose stuff, and I did, but it wasn't like anything groundbreaking. So I was like, Mm -hmm. if I'm not gonna do anything that like breaks the floor, I'm not gonna do this. Yeah. Well, it's good to quit immediately. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) I still like, so like, I still like print shit out at work and like try to, when I go to my parents' house, like try to like learn pieces and stuff. Yeah. But like, cause it, I think it helps me, but like, Well, it's just like a fun hobby. 
yeah it's just a fun hobby and but anyway so like later on i don't know i just after like in high school and then uh, what was your question like performance yeah when did you start when did you first start like acting on your interest i think in high school i was like writing stuff i I remember um like senior year i like wrote this sort of thing of like how uh this one class we had like i I wrote it it was basically like a script but, but like making fun of everyone in the class like this is how it goes down every single day okay type of thing and like oh, distributed like it and it was just like kind of a roast of everyone but like everyone was like in on it like a typical this is like a typical what happens in a class like typical uh, right 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 language from a class yeah but it was like a specific class that we had yeah. you know and where and then did people you were like oh my god this is so good did you just hand it out to people yeah i just like sent it out to people and they were like oh that's yeah. wow um that's funny that you you sent it out to people. When I was in high school, you couldn't send things out I to know, people. You it's had crazy. to physically give them to people <laughs> unless you were going to mail them. <laughs> so, okay, so you were doing that. You say your parents were overly supportive? Um, my mom definitely like she was the one who like encouraged my I mean, both my parents encouraged like creativity. Okay. I thought it was like important. But do you think they there was But they to still a fault? wanted me to be like a doctor or like an engineer or something. Uh-huh. Like, but it was like, you know, it was both. They're like, yeah, you can be a classical pianist and a brain surgeon. Right, right. You can do both of those yeah, things. They yeah. go hand in hand. Yeah. And I and I did. <laughs> so what did you major in in college? Uh, I was a government major in Middle Eastern studies. And what did you think you wanted to do? Were you I, still, I still like to I'm going to do comedy. I'm just uh, I mean, y- yeah, but I w- I knew that like it was tough and I didn't know much about like in college I I never even thought that I would be able to really do stand up. It mm-hmm. seemed like kind of daunting to me. Mm-hmm. I was like I want to be some sort of writer maybe. Yeah. Oh, like I want to be like a Jack Handy-esque. Yeah. Um but you know when you get into like the real world it's like oh the only like c- cool way to go about this is to do stand up. Like you can't just be a writer. That's like, you know, because the, your friends are going to be kind of kind of lame if you're right you know it's like you can't do improv because like that's worse you know? <laughs> but yeah, yeah i mean i think i mean i think i think it could be cool to just be a writer if you you know if you got a if good you're that job. type of yeah mm-hmm. but then it's like i don't know but it does yeah you do also need to like find where you fit in like i was really interested in government and i thought okay well i'm interested in policy and i you know like economics and all this stuff but once I was in the offices with the people doing that work, right. I was like, this is so fucking worst. Yeah, yeah. It's and then the worst. when I started hanging out with comics, it's like, oh, this is so much better. Yeah, yeah. It's so much better. And then you hang out with comics all the time. Then you go and hang out with regular people God. and you're like, okay, it's better to hang out with comics. Right. It's just Absolutely. much easier. Yeah. They're, they're just, and I, to me, there, there's a little bit of an attitude toward non-comics that i don't really like it's inflated in terms of like how bad uh, i mean yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously you can find a cool non-comic right. person to hang out with it's just kind of difficult here yeah <laughs> i think i don't find it difficult here i i like the people in dc i like policy people i like talking to economists and stuff it's okay like that's fun yeah and i like people that are really into like 
you know, they're like going to Afghanistan to do, you know, like aid work and then they come back. I mean, that's cool to hear about personally, I think. But um, I think what what it really is, is comics are just have very similar personalities and so when you get around them they're just very much like you mm-hmm. and so you're it's just easy to relate immediately yeah and then there's like the obviously shared language and shared experiences so that it's very it, there's a lot of common ground even if you've never met before it right. only takes a couple of minutes and it's like you know right. you know each other well yeah and generally they can like catch a vibe in a conversation too like there's no right you know something doesn't land like there's no like add-on that's like that was completely fucking worthless to say like why would you you know what i mean where it's yeah. like if, if someone says something and another person said and you're just like you just ruined this whole thing for me is that you have a hard time getting over that in conversations when people are blowing conversations because i'm like what the fuck is the point of this if you're just gonna fair yeah not everybody yeah not everybody has economy of words and is like you know trying to tag everything up (laughs) but you know if you're if it naturally comes to you yeah well it's that and it's like why would you try to take fun out of a conversation because that seems to be the only point of what you just said was to take the fun out of it yeah there's no other motivation to have said what you you just said you should start saying that to people you should start saying those words exactly to people (laughs) whenever they do it yeah okay so you study government then you went to grad school yeah i went to law school really procrastinating on your dreams yeah and well not really i mean i like you can't just get a job with a government degree you need to be like highly specialized in something i mean maybe i could have but like it's it just seemed like very i don't know yeah i don't know it is hard to get it's hard hard, especially here to get something like that so yeah because there's so many people that have advanced degrees and there are you know there's a lack of very interesting jobs there's some like acceptably interesting jobs and then there's just tons of awful yeah. jobs i mean even the most interesting job like someone's telling you what to do true and you're someone's bitch and then yeah absolutely not, yeah absolutely true so what did you perform for the first time um well i was performing in college but i was doing like like sketch and improv i don't find yeah. i don't find that to be embarrassing uh yeah i mean it's not embarrassing i think i was like you know that was like my what are you? Why is it? What's your hesitant and hesitancy in ta- saying it? Because I feel like now it's such like small. What do you what do you say? Small potatoes. We say small potatoes here in America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like it is. Um, but no, it was like a good experience. I just like kind of. I'm all. Um, I don't know. I feel like I got that out of my system in a way. But not that I wouldn't be on like a sketch show. Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, exactly. I, I, think you, I, I like writing stuff right. like that. I love writing There's dialogues. That, that's the thing. I'm I mean, very good at dialogues. I, don't, I mean, sketch especially. I can. I mean, I understand the improv. Uh, yeah, yeah. Snob, the improv is the just snob obviously a dark stain in my past. But I think that <laughs> improv can be really funny, and I think I've never done improv, but it seems like uh, it seems like people are having fun when they do it. Yeah, I so mean, they're ha- not the audience so much. But I saw it, I saw a great improv. Well, here's the thing: show. when someone's well, really good at improv, it's sad. Why? Because you're like, that's a 36 year old man who's like really good at this this thing that it's like. Yeah, but the y- you're but such that's a, like Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert and Amy Poehler. I don't Amy think they're Poehler. particularly good at it. I think they like got 
plucked or oh i think they were no no i think they were good you think i've heard yeah i've heard like tina fey like get interviewed and talk about like how they were the fucking best and how they were she's like one she goes i'm not going to tell you which one but one of those stevens fucked everybody and the other one didn't fuck anybody and so she, but anyway but she's talking about how they were you know they had like a lot of swagger and like they were the big deal everybody looked up to them and like tina fey and amy poehler were like young yeah but i i know their whole story and it's like first of all the the second city theater it's just all i mean yeah of course it's like it's a skill to have that translates to write a certain type of writing well but also but tina fey is also just a funny person Uh and that like probably made her good at improv but made her good at other stuff too don't you think you would be better at riffing off the cuff if you were doing improv regularly you would think so but then you hang out with improv people and they're such bitches i'm talking about you oh um i'm, maybe. I'm saying like yeah if yeah, yeah, you, yeah definitely if you were if, yeah definitely, if you were yeah, definitely. Stretching yeah, that is a muscle of course of course in that way right. it would make you, you it would just add to your performance is all i'm saying i you know i've seen one professional improv show in my entire life and i've seen like four bad ones amateur ones yeah um which were really bad right but the uh, the the one at ucb was very good yeah and uh you know very surprising too i had really really low expectations it's interesting to me that you knew so early that you wanted to do stand-up because i remember kind of talking to you I don't know, maybe a year ago when you were starting to pick up some heat in DC and I was, you, you seemed like very hesitant about kind of going for, going for it with stand-up. Yeah. Like, like it was tough for you to like, be like, okay, you know, I'm going to pretty much put my job on the back burner and I'm going to try to really focus on, on mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, time? I remember. I remember that time. I I remember you were like, I don't think if you, I don't think you, if you've decided you want to do this. Yeah, yeah. You because well, I mean, to go back even further than that. Okay, let's just we'll go back. You, you, you were doing some sketch and improv mm-hmm. in college. Yep. And then when did you first do stand up? Um. So like my first like real stand up in DC was like, I think I was twenty. Two, it was like my either first or second year of, of law school. And you were going to GW. Mm-hmm. And how how long ago was that? Um, this was like 2015. Okay, so like four, five years ago. Four yeah. or five years ago. Yeah. Um. And then how often? How often were you going up at first? I tried to get on all the shows right away because I'd been listening to podcasts at that point okay. about stand-up. And what I was podcasts? like, oh, I know what to do. Yeah, which ones? Um, I was listening to, like, the Pete Holmes one and then Marin and all right. those ones. Yeah, it's funny. Like, before podcasts, I think it was, like, so mysterious. Yeah, it was so mysterious. It must have been. Like, you don't know how often you're supposed to be doing it. You right. don't know how, yeah, you don't know, like, how to advance or, like, you don't know how to break into it, but then once you listen to all those guys, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, and now I'd say pretty much every comedian, you, if you look hard enough, you could probably find them explaining every aspect of stand-up. I know, I know, if yeah. It, it's from so their funny. perspective, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want because that's it just happens over and over <laughs> and over again. Yeah. 
People find it fascinating. Yeah, I don't. It's so funny. I li- I listen to it all the time. Before I did stand up, I was yeah. interested in it, and I liked listening to those podcasts. Um, which what show did you do first? I did the Boston Mall. Oh, comedy spot. Yeah. That's pretty wild experience. <laughs> yeah. The Were first you- person I met was Madi. Okay. That was so funny. I think I was done going to them. I hated that mic. Yeah, I think I went to like one of the last ones. I all people used to like it, and there was a time when there was kind of a crowd there. Yeah. But I always fucking hated it because yeah. I was really uncomfortable on stage. And at that show, you can't see the audience at all. Yeah. In, you know, often I would say the audience would t- typically range from about three people to 20 tops. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's just a lot of silence coming back at you. You're staring into the darkness. I mean, it's good practice for, like, just standing there and delivering your jokes yeah. without freaking out. Well, that's exactly what it was. So. But I always felt so much more comfortable when I could see the audience when early on that if things were going shitty, I could at least riff something. Right. Or I was get I could at least look at them and see, like, yeah. how they felt about it. I got some type of feedback. So uh, I hated that. And I just also thought, like, what was the fucking point of it? Like... All the comic, none of the comics are watching. They're like mostly outside or this, how how it used to be. And then there's hardly any audience. And it's like, I could just stand in my closet and say these jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. But I didn't know any better back then. And then how long was it before you did one of my shows? I think, I think it was like a couple months, but I, I, I remember like doing Big Hunt yeah, a couple months in or something okay, like so that. Okay, so very fast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then at first, I remember you came to me. We talked about this on your podcast. Oh, yeah. You s- did not like me at first. On the 60-minute hate. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't dislike you. I liked you. You didn't like my material. I did You thought I had, I had an, I did have like an aggressive persona. I, yeah, I just didn't like uh, your stand-up yeah. for my show. Yeah. I just didn't want your stand-up on my show because I thought, yeah, I thought it was like a little bit offensive and you're, you know, you're being a bad girl. Yeah. And I'm just, you know. I know, I know. It Well, it strikes up a certain way. I remember you being like, th- those guys, like, they don't, like, they're, you were like, they're reading Slate. <laughs> they're yeah, <laughs> yeah. About the audience. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They don't like, they don't fuck with anything that's like a little bit, uh, yeah, they don't fuck with bad girls. But now it's like, you have to just be, you can't, you can't be bad and like, you're, you can't be like racist, but you can be like amoral yeah you're i mean you did you you did used to play with race a bit and i think i mean i guess you felt partially justified given that those are also like placeholder concepts to like you're just learning how to like like this i'm just saying racist things until i write a good joke yeah yeah and because you're half turkish you feel you felt like a little bit you know you're not a white person yeah, saying sure, racist things. sure. But to me, I'm like, the audience doesn't know you're Turkish. And even if you say it, it's still, they're still bothered by the, anyway, it was just like slightly tough material and you were a new comic. So if you were walking around on the stage 
with tons of swagger and confidence right, in right, saying yeah. that stuff, you probably could have gotten away <laughs> with it, and I probably would have been okay with it. Yeah, but, but you were a brand new comic com- energy. But yeah, you're a brand new comic, and so you're <laughs> you're unsure of yourself. The audience is unsure of you, and then you're being kind of offensive on top of it, and it's like, okay, it's too it's too much too much risk, too little. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of not yeah. not real into putting you on shows for a while, mm-hmm. but. I, you know, then you came back later. Yeah. You were I like, got my act check together. out my new, my new set. Yeah. I thought it was better. You know, then we, then you started getting on the shows and you know, rest is history. Yeah. And that's kind of my only way out of any of this is to like be really good at stand up, Right. Cause like wh- what else is there to do? Well, what else Once is there? Once you start doing this, like there's, I mean, it's stupid to not. I guess the only thing that could happen is I think maybe if your life circumstances change, like you got old, right? You know, and you're quickly, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, you started aging really rapidly, (laughs) and then you're like, you know what, you know, maybe I don't need to do like fun, exciting things. I can just Uh take it easy. You just yeah, (laughs) I'll just rest. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I've been feeling that way lately. I'm like, you know what, I've been trying to thinking about getting into some rest. Yeah, just. Yeah. Start penciling in rest on the calendar. Yeah, listening to podcasts about rest. See how that. And I'm just just closing my eyes a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. Just a little bit every day. (laughs) Yeah. So that was like about four years ago, four to five years ago. Mm -hmm. You start getting on those big hunt shows, and I mean that's actually a long a lot of time has passed since then. Um, if you think about yeah no i think i got on the big hunt shows like two years in or something like okay. that. okay oh so it, it yeah, was yeah yeah no a, t- a lot of time had passed between the the times i went up at big hunt at first and the times oh I, yeah I until like, you it, got the because racist it became stuff like out, an yeah. institution like while i was doing it right of. yeah it did and then yeah so then later on yeah it was yeah kind of like everybody that was around right when it first started got in and then it kind of like no one else got in yeah. for a while yeah until people started moving right and then uh then we started yeah bringing in the the new people and then you know then you were like good enough to be on the shows i thought Mm -hmm. performing well and then you know you're getting better and better and then you started getting some opportunities at other venues um even in other cities Mm -hmm. and to me it kind of seemed like because you know you're a smart person, you're a good writer, you're good on stage. It's like, okay, we have a lot of skills. So that's a... Thank you. That's not necessarily common for comics. You know, it's kind of like, I think like half of the comics have tons of skills and half of the comics have one skill. You mean that one skill being stand-up? Yeah, like like I'm a funny person. And that's like I channel everything into that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like a force of... And it's like... But then you ask them to do something else and they're like, what? Something else being something like not comedy like related at all? No, no. Like write a pilot. Oh, right, right, You right, know, right. they're like, no, make yeah. a website, write right. your own bio. Can you write right. your own bio? Like yeah. uh, most people, like there are the so comic many comics. personalities. Oh my God, so it makes their head explode yeah, yeah. when it's they try so to, bad. when they have to write it about themselves, they like can't do it. I know. So... So because you had those skills and you were coming along, it's like you're you're young, you're attractive, you're smart. You have a lot of stuff that's seems promising. Like, yeah, very promising. And Thank it's you. like, OK, so you don't but you didn't seem committed. You know, it seemed you seemed like one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. B- 
which I guess is maybe, you know, you're just being cautious, right? Well, I, I think at that point in my life, I was having like a, I was like, do I, would this, would being good at this, like really do it for me? You okay. know, and would like the resulting lifestyle do it for me? And yeah. not even in like a, I wasn't approaching it even that seriously and earnestly. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, even if I have a good set, I don't feel that much better than if I just have a regular set. Mm-hmm. Then you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, any other person, if you think about it, like if they had like five or ten minutes at and on any given night where they were in front of a crowd and the crowd loved them, yeah, that would change probably their mood for the rest of the night and for the rest of the day afterwards and for like for the whole uh, week they'd be like, oh my fucking god, I I mean especially I definitely give you that night, right? Exactly, especially that night. But for me at that point, I was like, yeah, what's the, I mean? I know that that one's gonna work. I wrote it to work, and uh, you, then it did. You don't feel that much emotional um, response. I. Yeah, but now I kind of do because now I do I'm trying to do more um even if they're not like earnest opinions, like bits where it's like e- even if I know it's not really true, like I'm trying to believe what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that like helps you cuz then, then it's like you're coming through in the in the writing and then so they like you and then when they like you, you Yes. Yeah, that's a better response. Exactly. You're like, oh. oh, they don't just like my shit. They like me. That's really interesting, I think, because if you think about, I never thought about the feeling that as the comic that you get when you perform, but it makes sense that if you're kind of closed off and it's very written and you're just reciting your jokes and you're just saying things the way you want to say them, but that's it. You're saying them at the audience and they laugh or they don't. And you just don't feel that much either way. But then once you start to make an effort to really give it to the audience, like you're really trying to connect with them. Mm-hmm. It seems like maybe if you're you're opening yourself up a little bit yeah. to do that. And then when you open yourself up, then you start feeling yeah. the connection yeah. that you have, which I think is a great sign, right? Yeah, that is a good sign. And, and it does like make you feel feel better than like the other things that you think are going to make you feel better yeah i mean to really do it well yeah because it's satisfying on a lot of levels it's it's really satisfying to try something new and it works or like work on something for a long time and you finally get it to really work just the like just the feeling of just the satisfaction of saying a punchline just right and then having that heat like explosive laughter is Mm -hmm. an awesome feeling and then leaving like walking off stage hearing a big applause and like knowing like they really yeah appreciated what you did it's just a fucking great feeling to like oh to go through all of that and then to be with other people who are like the real deal at that is also like to be like considered like i i always do like really well when everyone else on the lineup is like really good yeah, that I mean, which is great. That's yeah. like when you and like it's like elevating. a healthy competition, but it's not even competition. You're like, oh, everyone here is like famous, mm. so I mean, they think I'm like the real thing, and you're like, I am the real thing. Right? Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. they don't know. Yeah. And if you believe it, and if you project that way, yeah, they will accept it. Yeah. And it's so much better to be someone that perform that raises their performance when they're around big people yeah. than the opposite because if you're going to succeed you have to keep getting put in tougher and tougher positions yeah you're always going to be in a and corner. you 
And if you if that makes you raise your level each time you have those opportunities, you'll be at their level each time. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a good that's good to good place to be also. <laughs> so and then recently you seem to have like really committed. Like, I think you committed. When do you think it was? When do you think you flipped the switch? Um, maybe last month, but I think it was like maybe even more recent than that. Where I mean, I've I I had committed intellectually and like mm-hmm. like a few months ago, I like wrote and finished like a pilot that I would really you know eventually like to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I mean, I there was like fire under me for like you know a few months, but I think like this past month, like with stand up, mm-hmm. I think just doing bits where. I had I started off with like I think this or like I believe this Mm -hmm. and then people are like listening to me more as someone who's saying idea do you know what I mean yes yeah 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 where I'm just like I like I'm like I started getting off on that and then I'm like okay 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 yeah yeah because you're like you're like I'm telling you I'm telling you what I think. Yeah, and I'm telling like, you what it is. Yeah. And they're like, oh, let's hear let's hear what yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this lady has to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of like just the idea, instead right. of like just the joke right, or right. just to like a little yeah. twist that's yeah. like much yeah. more common right. for stand-up. Right. I think that's great. I mean, I think it's a great direction to go because, I mean, obviously, if, you're, if your persona develops and people can latch on to that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the goal. I mean, yeah. that's, that's yeah. ultimately what you want have you felt have you found like do you have like a little local following at all yeah i mean i get get dms and stuff yeah what do people say to you they're like they're like you're the best we loved you so much really (laughs) i know i mean yeah i mean i get like dms and stuff like that that's pretty nice i mean i get recognized a lot especially do people ever come do they ever tell you that they came to see you yeah yeah they're they're people who like listen to my podcast yeah yeah and then also like people who just like follow me and come to see me yeah and stuff like that but Your not, podca- it's not too too many people but <laughs> right right but you know you guys you gotta start you gotta start small yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it's cool i mean the, I, even just the idea of having fans or people that care to like come see you that aren't your personal friends yeah once you have a couple you're like oh like i could really expand this yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah you become definitely. a little like psychopath yeah, well, you are on the verge of being a psychopath at all times, it seems like. I know, but it's like... Why? What's up with that? I, I think it's just how I approach things. I don't think I'm, like, devoid of feeling or anything like that. No. But I think... Um, like, you're, you're like, uh, you... There's something that's, like, very fun to you about evil. I guess so. I, well, I, I just don't even consider goodness when I'm, like, thinking about anything. And yeah, that, that's like I feel like that's something you sprinkle in later. You sprinkle in the goodness later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you start from evil. <laughs> no, you don't start from evil. Okay. You start like outside of that. You start. You're like, okay, what is this? And then, am I gonna say it's good or bad? <laughs> like, yeah, and how do? But you it's like more more important. It's like, what is it? What is it actually? What and what? What's an example of what you're talking about right now? Just like anything where it's like you're like observing social dynamics, or maybe you're like. I don't know, like any type of like idea or theory. Oh, you you're just have, trying to understand like, it. Yeah, yeah, just trying to understand people and mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's. And it's probably going to be negative. It's not always negative. Okay. So, well, I mean, I don't think. All like, I'm saying, all saying, I'm saying, I'm not saying there I'm is necessarily negative. I think no, it's no. just saying what's there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What I guess what I'm saying is you do seem to get a little bit of sp- 
pleasure yeah, yeah, from yeah. I do get a negative things. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when negative, particularly negative things happen, sometimes you get a look in your <laughs> eye, and you'll start to get a okay. But I'm not like a sadist, like an not evil like, laugh. Like, if like an animal. No, is I know, I know injured, that it's not. It's not serious. like that. It's I know not like it's that. Playful. I know it's, it's more playful. like if someone has like something really cutting or like yeah, right. Something really like amoral. That I, I'm I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. I feel like you're the same way, Sean. You like you like mean people. I do like mean people, and I bond with people over negativity. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, and that's like what a lot of stand-up is. Is just, you know, everybody says the the cliche things over and over again, right. and just like looking on the bright side to like get through all of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And you know, <laughs> it just gets annoying to hear it over and over again, right. and it's fun to say the opposite thing it's fun to it's so it's fun fun to be negative Uh, my favorite place to be negative in the world is in an office yeah it's it's the best just especially like the the worst is like well i I had a job for like five years i was on a five-year contract Mm -hmm. and about halfway through i realized like there wasn't going to be any consequences for anything i did Mm -hmm. and it just I just took it I just took it a little further, you know, each week each time. Yeah. with uh with my attitude. <laughs> but just walking around an office and just being able to say anything to people and and no one else can say it, like no one else can act that way. But then everyone accepts they're like no one takes it That's seriously. So and they're like, Don't listen to him, he's just fucking around. And then you can just speak freely and then you just tell everybody exactly how you feel about Sean, them. Yeah. And then they laugh about it because yes, they're like, He's yes, joking, yes, he's fucking yes, kidding. Yes, yes, yes. It's the best. You can get away with anything if you're funny and charming. They're funny, yeah. Because if there's no way to fake being funny, even if you are a fraud in your core. Yeah. You can't fake the fact that you're funny. So like people yeah. are all already like, okay, that's an authentic person. Yeah. And I want to be around them because it's the real deal. And it makes me feel like I'm in a movie when I'm around them and stuff oh, like that. So I mean, that's like, I think that's the appeal of it. And then also like you can say anything and if it's funny, no one can be mad after they've already laughed at it. You know what I mean? True. So, I mean, that's like, like growing up, like my grandpa would do that. I remember being like, Okay, like yeah, I definitely want to be like that because mm-hmm. it's it seems to be so fun. It's fun. Like, we would go to like someone's house and like they'd have like a little kid, and uh, the mom would be like, "Yeah, he doesn't you know have an appetite," and he'd be like, "Yeah, because your food is shit." You know, <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. laughs. Right. But it's like he still said the truth. Right. It's so good. And that's such a better dinner to be at. Exactly. Than the dinner than where the, the person's earnest like, dinner. "Don't worry, it it's not okay. actually yeah, earnest. Yeah. They're fu- they're being fake." Well, it's also like. Yeah, this isn't a serious problem either. It's like we're just right, ta- right. we're just having conversation and uh, yeah. trying to get through this fucking party. Yeah. So you started a podcast with Benji, uh-huh. uh huh, another DC comic. Benji has moved to New York recently. Yeah. And did you guys stop doing it for a bit? No, yeah, for a bit, but, but like it wasn't like a permanent stop. We it were was just, just a break while Benji yeah. was getting set up up there, right? And like then you know Christmas and the holidays happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's he's Jewish and I'm I'm Muslim, but Christmas still interfered into our podcast. Yeah, schedule. it imposes no matter what. Yeah, right. Society doesn't <laughs> let you get away from it in America. How has that experience been? It's good. I like to I like having a podcast. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It it, it can be fun, and people actually listen to it, which is like interesting. And you me. and Benji have some kind of unexpected 
opinions, I guess unexpected in this, or just maybe not typical for a comedy podcast. You don't get to hear a lot of Jewish and Muslim perspectives on world events, which you guys do get into a bit. Yeah, that's not really what it's about, but it's in there. Yeah, we do. And we have a segment called Ethnic Jokes, which is like we want like us and every week, like uh, the two of us and like also a guest Mm -hmm. like shares like a classic joke from like our backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's not like a racist joke against yeah, that the, uh, which is what a lot of white people think it is because they don't understand. That yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because to them, like their like their version of like their classic jokes are racist. Yeah, so, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. They're like, ooh, you can't tell those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah. So we have like a segment where we tell like old jokes that uh-huh. like maybe our like grandparents would have known yeah. and stuff like that. Because I feel like, especially today with comedians, like they don't they don't have like a full sense of like the canon of like what's come before modern comedy. Yeah. And even, even like street jokes. Like I remember like the, fr- my, like I used to tell street jokes to like my family and like friends and stuff like that. Like sure, I would like yeah, memorize yeah. like 10 of them. Same. Yeah. And I would just like tell them at dirt cause I'd be bored with the conversation. I'd be like, I have a joke. I have a joke. I'm just gonna tell it. That's good. But, um, but like, just knowing though knowing like every classic like dumb blonde joke and every classic you know like mm-hmm. uh i don't know whatever type of street jokes there are and there's like tons of it like it, th- that helps you later on because then it's like that's been done a zillion times. yeah it kind of like yeah if you know like what the foundation of where those jokes are coming from yeah it's kind of like that's like the er- like those are very early worded jokes yeah. like before that it was like a comedy was like slapstick and stuff even yeah so then when you get into those types of jokes you can see where it's coming from and then it's easy to see the evolution of those types of jokes as people layer on the, yeah. the jokes and move past it yeah and then they, they if someone write, writes a hacky joke it stands out and you're like this is yeah that's done yeah so what do you think do you have a vision for your future um, in terms of like my moving dates and stuff like that, or um, just like what I want to do. No, eventually. what you want to do. Um, I mean, this is like kind of a lofty goal, but like I do really like the pilot I wrote. Okay, and sure. I would want to make that at some point. Yeah. Um, I do want to, you know, become a headliner as like as soon as I can. Hmm. Um. I don't know. That's good. Gr- those are great goals. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think it's cool also that you're willing to say those into a microphone because, you know, it makes you a little bit vulnerable to say what you really want to do, you know? Yeah, but it's, d- well, at least the second one is like, r- it's doable. It's like they're in bo- my hands. They're both, they're re- both doable. They're both reasonable goals. Uh, right. They're right. not crazy goals at this point. Right. Because you're talking, <laughs> you have a manager mm-hmm. and, you know, things are moving along. Right. You have reason to <laughs> believe that there is right, and hope been in the all, future. Yeah, knock on wood. Very encouraging. Well, I think you've uh, I think you've done a great job with your oh, stand up. Oh, well thanks, Sean. I think you've uh, <laughs> your hard work has paid off. Yeah, and, it'll uh, pay off more and more. Hopefully, I look forward to uh, <laughs> seeing how everything goes for you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Sure. Thanks for being here. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.